0: Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about what the worship that God requires from us looks like. And this is a requirement. Our worship is not just pleasing to God or wanted by God, it is demanded by Him from us. And he is explicit about this, what this worship looks like because it it seems that this is a little unnatural for us. The worship that God expects is vastly different from how we ordinarily think of worship. And so God tells us plainly and simply what worship is true and proper and what worship is in vain. And we could look at dozens and dozens of passages of scripture that come together to show us a model of worship that is approved by God. In fact, the whole book gives us this to varying degrees. But with our time constraints, I want to look at one instance. Early on in the earthly ministry of Jesus, where he sets the tone for what worship in his church is going to look like. In John chapter 4, we read the story of Jesus sitting down at a well after a long journey when a Samaritan woman comes along and Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? And his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, you know, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and I have to keep coming here to draw water. And he told her, Go, call your husband and come back. She replies, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. And in verse 19, sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And then in verse 21, woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming And the woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. And that when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. So here is Jesus. He's tired after a long day of traveling. But that's not going to stop him from teaching this woman and us what true worship looks like. And the first thing he teaches us is that the kind of worship that God demands It's not a break from real life where you take a few minutes out of every week to worship God. No, worship is real life. It's when you're traveling and when you're working and when you're eating and when you're sleeping. It is a lifestyle and it's a worldview. And because the worship that God has patterned for us occurs in real life instead of some alternate reality that we only enter occasionally, that means that our worship shapes how we think and act constantly. Our worship should change how we think about hunger, how we think about adultery, how we speak, and so on. And that is pretty demanding of us. As long as worship can be some high-minded, isolated event once a week, then we can put on our best clothes, we can keep our attitude in check, and we can play the part for that hour. Anyone can put on an act for an hour a week. But when worship becomes a part of real life, then suddenly we have to confront the reality that we are not simply, or we simply just are not worthy to worship our God. You know, when Jesus spoke with the Samaritan woman, there was no hiding. She thought he was a stranger, but then he tells her all about her adulterous sin. The Samaritan woman wanted her worship of God to be limited to a time and to a place and to that mountain. But the worship that Jesus was telling her, the worship that God requires, was going to touch every part of her life. We can get by for a worship service, acting like we have everything figured out on our own, but in the real world, it's not always as easy. We still stumble and fail and fall just like this woman. And it seems that if God wants us to worship in all circumstances, that has to include the times in our lives where we're going through the struggles of real life. How can God want that to be a part of our worship? Well, Jesus shows us he's here, he's thirsty, he's tired, he's sweaty, he's going to show that even in those moments of struggle, he's always looking for someone to worship God. And he settles on this woman, a Samaritan adulteress. And remember that the Samaritans, they were that remnant of northern Jewish kingdom who had intermarried with foreigners and rejected most of God's word. They had their own version of the first five books of Moses. But there was a great deal of animus between the Samaritans and the Jews. And so they set up their own place to worship on uh, a mountain. But Jesus walks in, acting unaware of all this. He sits down, he asks for a drink, and Jesus doesn't limit worship to certain individuals. Anyone who is willing to come to him and serve him fully in spirit and in truth is invited. When the Jews asked who could worship God and the Samaritans asked, you know, where could we worship God? Jesus answered, the real question is how we should worship God. In verse 21, he says, woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and His worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. You know, Jesus said the time was quickly approaching, and we know now that it has fully arrived, when the who and the where questions become irrelevant. All are invited to worship God, anywhere and everywhere. Doesn't matter if you happen to be on a mountain or in Jerusalem or here in Bloomington, Indiana. What is important is how we do it. You know, the true worship that God demands is in the spirit and in truth. That's the kind of worship that the Father seeks. God requires that we worship him. Our worship is not just pleasing to God or wanted by God. It is demanded by Him from us. But the worship that God expects is vastly different from how we ordinarily think of worship. And so God tells us plainly and simply what worship is true, what worship is proper, and what worship is in vain. You know, while we focus on the who and the where, Jesus was focused on the how. Worship God in all circumstances in the spirit, and in the truth. That is how we worship the Father in real life. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey there, thank you for listening through this episode of Rooted Daily. We think it's so important that you grow with Christ continually, using the word of God as your only foundation. That's why we release these episodes every weekday so that you can root yourself daily in the Bible. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app so you don't miss us. And if you think a friend would benefit from hearing this good news, hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready now to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com.